This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. is going to deliver what's being called ahead of his conversation, the most extended public remarks yet on the aerial objects being shot down by the military. Thank God it took long enough, that's for sure. And what will we learn? How about Nikki Haley? She announced her campaign for the Republican presidential nomination, and she's saying if you're too old... Essentially, you need to pass a mental acuity test, and it's about generational switching and new, fresh ideas. What does that mean? She was speaking at a very jammed rally in Charleston, South Carolina. She, of course, was the governor of South Carolina at one point in her Career And speaking of the president, there was a big search going on at the University of Delaware for what else documents the classified kind naturally. Hey, everybody, Kate Delaney, another day in paradise. Coming up, to be sure, we have things to smile about, including our hands up for heroes. Who are those heroes? We're going to talk about that coming up in our next segment. But first, it is worth mentioning this because we have heard more about classified documents in the last year and a half than I think ever, um, at least in my history, can I remember those kinds of conversations. So the FBI now is saying they did do two searches in the last couple of weeks at the University of Delaware. Why? It's part of the ongoing investigation into the president's retention and handling of classified docs did they find anything well we certainly have not heard that it is his alma mater so that's why searching delaware because a lot of papers and effects of the presidents were given to the university of delaware whoops could they accidentally have gotten some classified documents i guess no search is off Limits, none. There is the Joseph Biden Jr. School of Public Policy Administration that's on the University of Delaware campus, and they had donated 1,800 boxes of his senatorial papers to the university's library, and the records have not been formally open to public access. They arrived at the university in 2012, so I guess they've been on ice that long. And they're stored somewhere, so it's probably easy to find them anyway to try to go through them. So I'm assuming the FBI may have searched all of those documents. It makes you wonder now how many people that work for the FBI are going to be sent on these wild goose chases for classified documents, and will they turn them up with all kinds of politicians who, whoops, accidentally sent a box here or a box there and didn't realize what was in the group of papers that was sent. So, so far, nothing on that. There's nothing about that. So while the Chinese are calling us out for shooting down their balloon, what they call weather balloon, a few weeks ago, we now have more than that to contend with, as you all know, and that's the objects that have been shot out of the sky 
in the last handful of days, really through the weekend. There were three in a row. So there's a lot of confusion on the unidentified flying objects, if you will, that were taken out. I mean, why are you scrambling jets? We know this. I've said this. You certainly have heard about it. Why are we scrambling any jets to shoot down anything if it's not some sort of a threat or deemed as a threat? So then it makes you think, well, how do you determine that? What determines that's in the air now must come down, especially when we let a Chinese spy balloon, because we're not buying the weather thing, right? It's up to you. If you want to buy the weather thing, you can. I don't. So (laughs) how do we let that just fly across our airspace and then find out that, oh, yeah, there was four other times that this happened in the last five years. And then just when there's enough pressure, it's taken out the, the balloon after several days and after it's already flown over sensitive areas, nuclear silos. Then all of a sudden it becomes a thing to shoot objects out of the sky. It seems very odd, the timing of it all to me. So what is the connection to that? Are they just drones? And if it's drones, my goodness, I think every day of my life somewhere I hear about a drone or see a drone or go to a go toward the beach and see a drone or go someplace else. So what what determination is being made? And of course, it was much higher in the airspace where that was where. The objects were taken down, one of them over uh, Lake Huron in Michigan, and no explanation for this. So I think the pressure's on and the White House is responding. The president is supposed to have some kind of, I don't know if it's going to be an official address or something more casual for whatever uh, that's worth, but is going to make some remarks about the objects that were shot down, explaining how the administration sets parameters in dealing with aerial balloons and other objects spotted in the future. What are they going to do? So the exact timing hasn't been set. I mean, look, he's going to take a physical exam on Thursday. That could be several hours. So would it be later in the day that that there would be some kind of an off-the-cuff uh, impromptu, maybe a news briefing from the White House? Is is it going to be a more formal thing? We just, we don't know. But we do know that there is going to be something. And we do know that the White House press secretary has announced at one of the daily briefings that she can definitively say that the objects that have been downed were not extraterrestrial spacecraft. She says She said, it's important for us to say that from here, because we've been hearing a lot about it. So this is what happens when you don't say anything, the misinformation or the crazy conspiracy theories abound. And why not? Because you're setting the stage for that when you when you're not transparent and we're the American people. We live here in these United States and there are people in Michigan. There are people in South Carolina, there are people in some of these areas where you're talking about objects or balloons or what's being shot down. They have the right to to know and understand what are the parameters for that and what what has been shot down. Right. You know, just tell us what the deal is. Tell us. 
national security people, I just would love to be a fly on the wall. And I wonder what they're, because they know. I wonder, somebody knows, a handful of people at the Pentagon know. I wonder what they're saying behind closed doors as to all of this nonsense about now scrambling jets and shooting things out of the sky after missing the big, big, big picture of the Chinese spy satellite and then all of the fallout that has been caused since then, which there has been, you know, a lot of it for sure, right? I think the saddest thing, though, that we've seen all week is this shooting. And now there's two suspects in custody after a fatal shooting at the El Paso Mall. That That's happened, where people were screaming out, running high. But the MSU killer, three kids killed, was previously charged with a felony, but he found his way to that campus, opened fire, and boy, there have been a lot of tributes pouring out to those kids, and it's so, so sad to see that that happening. You should be safe on a college campus, for goodness sake. Hands up for heroes next. It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. We all know something big is coming, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to NutraMedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralized the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. My name is Milan Vukovic. Ten years ago, I got frustrated with the quality of Pau Diarco tea sold in the stores. So, I founded the Pau Diarco Tea Club that now ships our super tea to over 100 countries. You too can order or get info about the original pure Pau Diarco super tea at www.drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. Why settle for less when you can order original Pure Pau Diarco and drink Super Tea for only $34.95 per pound plus shipping? Each pound makes 300 cups, which is the equivalent of $0.12 per cup for the original Pure Pau Diarco Super Tea. 
Order now at www.drinksupertea.com. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com or by calling 818-965-9113. Break down. The flow will break you down. Let the flow will break you down. Thanks for hanging with us here on America Tonight with me, Kate Delaney. We like to highlight people that do fabulous things for other people who are in trouble or they do things to get ahead of what could be a disastrous situation. There are a lot of definitions of the word hero, by the way. But I think it's people, to me, a lot of times it's people that aren't looking for recognition. You know, they're they're not looking like, hey, I'm I'm doing this because I'm padding my resume or I'm doing this because uh, I just I'm getting pressured into I have to give back you know that's the authenticity I think of, of the to me the definition of a hero someone that just does something and they're not looking for any kind of a fuss to be made about what they've done so I like to call this segment hands up for heroes There's a guy named Stephen Allen, disaster lead of U.S. AIDS efforts in Turkey and Syria. And what's happened is you have American, you have an American rescue team that's working in Turkey where they're racing against time because they still know that there's this odd chance of rescuing people. And there have been people that have been rescued and doing whatever they can to help the people that are alive. You know, more than 40,000 people were killed in the devastating earthquakes. You have a hundred rescuers from fire departments in California and Virginia who immediately went on a plane to assist in one of the hardest hit areas that were dev- has been devastated by the earthquake. Hatay, Turkey is one of those areas. So you get there, and you, you're not thinking, uh, according to everything I've heard about the people who've become these, what I call heroes, they're just, boom, what, what do we have to do? We, we have the know-how, let's get there, because we can see how awful this is, the level of damage just from afar. And they get there, and of course, you know, you're not going to, they're not going to be worried about their support. They're going to have to be figuring things out. It's what I call the world we live in, figure it out. So they're, they're about figuring it out. They're working 24 hours. They send out survey teams to go and see if there are buildings that have collapsed where they can begin looking for people still. If they're able to still sign, find signs of life, they take out dogs, special equipment, they have special cameras. 
if they find a viable sign of life, they mobilize a rescue team, they come in with heavier tools to start digging through the rubble. So they set up a base camp, and right in, right away, that's just what they did. So there's no, well, wait, let me figure this out. No, no, no. They know what to do. They have the expertise. They demanded to be part of a team to get on the planes to get there, to be able to use that expertise to try to help people in a horrific, awful situation, right? And they know that you've got these buildings, these large glass buildings, six and seven story apartment buildings, and they collapse, they create this rubble pile that also is complicated for people to dig in and cut through concrete, rebar, and other things that are inside. So that's grueling, and it's tough to get through all of that. And and the people in the town, I mean, it's harsh conditions. They don't have the equipment for that, but this group does. They have the right equipment, and they desperately wanted to find as many people as they could, and they want to do whatever they can to, you know, help the people. So they work with the locals in getting a translator and then asking them questions about, hey, maybe somebody found an air pocket, maybe they're alive, and they... Uh, often have been rewarded in digging through, for example, the collapse of a six-story building, talking to friends of people who were inside, family members of people who were inside, neighbors, people who just knew of people in the building. They were outside with pictures of their loved ones in their hands, telling, telling the workers, telling the American workers, this is who could be there, this is wh- what, who we know, and help trying to to help them. So while there is a network of partners like UN agencies and other NGOs and all of of that, it's the fact that they could mobilize. It's the fact that they the fact that they had the know how and just knew you got a lot of human loss here. You have a difficult situation. You just got to get there and work around whatever maybe the restrictions could could be because this is a, an, an incredible, incredible crisis. So the, what's the challenge? The level of destruction is massive, so there's so many sites to go through. And then it is about recovering bodies because then there's the closure um, in one sense of the people who will eventually, because they're trying to put up these markers, so many, if you think about 40,000 people being killed, but it's it's all of that. It's people being displaced, and they're seriously d- displaced. It's an unimaginable human tragedy. So once again, I say, you know, hands up for those heroes, because they are, because they they did that. They they weren't told they have to do this. You have to come from this far. No, they wanted to. They saw it immediately. Got on, you know, got on their cell phones. Started to go through their buddy system and find the people. Hey, we need to go over here. So in California and Virginia, they jumped on that plane. They knew that we can do this. We can go through this, and we can work many hours, 24 hours at a time, whatever we have to do to try to to help. And they have helped, and they were able to rescue people, people who might not have made it. So once again, to me, that's that's what uh, Hands Up for Heroes is all about, that those are heroes because they don't have to put themselves in that situation, even if they have the know-how. They certainly do that in their jobs and they certainly help the communities that they're in but from afar realizing oh there's just no way 
I mean, there cannot be enough people who have the kind of information we have that can get there and that can get there fast and be able to dig and do what we know we can do. So good on them for, for, for being willing to not even thinking about it, just knowing this is us and this is what we do. And these are people that find themselves in a terrible, terrible situation. All right. We had a couple of minutes left in this segment and you know we're talking about um just unbelievable things that you see and 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 hear um when you hear about other people being trapped in different scenarios and i was reading this story out of brisbane australia sometimes in our author segments we talk to people from australia australian authors and we've had people on from brisbane and They've got an operation that's going on to find a couple of miners missing underground for more than 24 hours. They have zinc mines there in an area called Queensland, and they disappeared. A void opened beneath them. They were about 407 feet below ground, and they so this hole swallowed their utility vehicle. They had a drill rig, a drill rig operator. And um, although that worker was was rescued, how that operator managed to escape and how much further the two miners fell into the void is still unclear. So they um, believe, you know, that they fell, they fell. 25 meters deep, but they still don't know. They, you know, they've got drones with cameras that are flown into the hole. That's the power, the good use of a drone. Uh, that's power of that, that they could fly them into the hole, and they use scanning technology and video images to try to find the the vehicle that they had been driving, and they have this heavy underground equipment to try to reach them. So to think of a zinc mine, the levels of a zinc mine, and trying to do that and how uh, difficult that would be. And this is a big one. This is, you know, 500 people at this site, and they're, they're working around the clock and doing everything that they can, thinking that maybe they're going to get lucky here and, um, and, and have a shot at getting them, because this happened just before 9 a.m. on Wednesday, so... Time is not your friend. The more time that goes by, the more uh, difficult that situation be- becomes. But you think of mines and mining operations and just this big hole swallowing them. But wow, what you can do with the equipment, with the drones and whatnot is uh, just absolutely amazing to me. All right, hang with us. A couple of great conversations with some terrific authors coming up next. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. 
As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. USA News Update. House Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner calling on President Biden to declassify information relating to a specific foreign threat that Congress had recently been made aware of. We scheduled a briefing for the four House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow. Uh, That's been on the books. So I am a bit surprised that Congressman Turner came out publicly today in advance of a meeting on the books. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says he had a planned meeting with Congressman Turner and other congressional leaders later this week. House Speaker Mike Johnson asserts that last week's Justice Department report on President Biden's handling of classified documents indicates his incapacity to lead. The special counsel described Biden as an elderly man with poor memory. Despite demands from Republicans, the White House confirmed that Biden will not undergo a cognitive assessment. And Mitch McConnell's sister-in-law, Angela Chow, has passed away at 50 following a car accident. John Schaefer, USA News. Hey, Jimmy, turn off the video games. Let's go play some ball. I'm in the middle of my game. Can't we go later? Come on, it'll be fun. It will be there when you get back. Okay, but there's no way you're going to win. Why don't you grab some water and granola bars, and then we'll see about that. You can make a difference. Eat smart, play hard. And when you do, your kids will too. A challenge from USDA. I need to do my taxes. Are there any self-help options online? Doing taxes yourself? IRS.gov has many self-service tax tools, and they're all just a click away. Prepare and file your taxes online using FreeFile. Use our calculator to estimate your tax withholding. Order a tax transcript. Apply for an employer identification number. Check your refund status, too. IRS.gov, your 24-7 federal tax resource. Have you ever watched a video on the Internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why Internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Just call me, 
right, I can't wait to introduce you to our next guest. His name is Scott White, and he is the orchestrator of Life is Too Short. He's the Life is Too Short guy. And so I think about this, the power of positivity, and how you can learn how to make the most out of each moment. He's got the secret to unlock that, and his background is so fascinating to me because He was an investment banker on Wall Street for a decade. Then he took the leap to become an entrepreneur and a business builder. And today he's the chairman and CEO of a public real estate company. So, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. Happy to be here. So how do you do what you just did? I said you worked on Wall Street, which is doggy dog. Let's face it. A lot of my buddies worked on Wall Street. Then you take this leap. You become an entrepreneur. And now you're the king of positivity. So why'd you write the book and how'd you make this leap? Well, I wrote the book um, in part because so I've always been a very positive, happy, uh, live in the moment, energetic person. And people have said to me over the years, I wish I could bottle up some of that energy, some of that positivity and share it with others. And then during COVID, I, I really had that that experience or that epiphany of, wow, you look around and people are, are you have all the negative headlines associated with COVID. Obviously, you have um, a major political divide in the U.S. You have a war in Europe, so on and so forth, all these things going on. And I was like, you know what? This is my opportunity. This is my platform to, as I said, proverbially bottle up some of that energy, some of that positivity, some of that gratefulness and share it with the world. And that's what I decided to do. I, I set out on a mission to make the world happier one smile at a time. And, and that's what the book is. Um, in terms of the, the transition, the leap, I think it's just a natural evolution. So I, I did grow up on Wall Street. I was, I'm a finance and a primarily a mergers and acquisitions guy by training. And, and, you know, like everything else in life, you can look at things through a positive lens or a negative lens. And, and there are times that there were challenges that I had to overcome as, is my life on Wall Street evolved, but it was an amazing experience, truly amazing experience. And I talk in the book about how I think some of my success on Wall Street was actually, I shouldn't even say some, a lot of it was because of my attitude. My, I'd show up every day grateful to have the job, feeling so empowered and wonderful that that here I was given an opportunity. It's not easy to get a job on Wall Street. It's even harder to keep a job on Wall Street. And I did it for about 13 years. And uh, that made me incredibly happy and, and empowered me. Then I evolved on to be, become an entrepreneur. And today I'm the chairman and CEO of a public real estate company. I now want to share some of these tools, some of these, uh, my perspective, my philosophy. I want to change the national dialogue so that we collectively spend less time on what's wrong and more time on how wonderful life is. Ooh, I like that. There's the big hashtag. All right. So we're not going to tell everybody everything, but give us a couple tools. So the, the book is laid out with 10 principles. There are 10 principles that I call the Litzig attitude. Litzig, life is too short guy. And the most foundational one, the key, the core is attitude is everything, the power of positivity, how you perceive the world and the lens through which you view the world is the most important thing to greater happiness. And I, one of the tools I give people, which is such a simple one, is think about your first thought of the day. And, and Kate, do you remember what your first thought of today was? Yeah, that I was going to talk to a guy who was super positive and gets it. Awesome. You. So you had a great first thought, but it's amazing if you, as your listeners think about this today, and I ask them to reflect for a minute, what was your first thought of the day? I'm going to guess most people are like, I 
don't really remember. It just sort of, I woke up and I wasn't sure I wanted to get out of bed or it's dark, it's cold, it's, oh, I have a busy day. Wrong. This is an opportunity to set the tone right for the day. I tell people, picture uh, your glasses, picture a lens. Do you want to start the day with bright, shiny, clear glasses to see the world through a positive perspective? Or do you want to start with dirty, muddy, sort of, oh, I have a tough day ahead of me and then spend all day digging out? Easiest tool. The, the, The next principle is, Choose your attitude and own it. Most people think that their happiness is is primarily driven by their circumstances. The new car, the new job, the the um, pay raise, the, the marriage, maybe something negative, a, a divorce or a death or illness. The reality is, and most people are shocked when I say this, only 10% of your happiness is tied to your circumstances. Okay, so what's the other 90%? Well, 50% is genetic. To a certain degree, people are more predisposed to be happier or less happy. However, and this is using the power of positivity to look at the world through a positive lens, that means 40%, 40% of your happiness you control. And I talk about how you do that and tools you use to do that. One of the other principles is little things make a big difference. They're very small things you could do to really change your happiness and the happiness of people around you. And and the easiest one, the simplest one, which most people will just sort of scoff at when I say smile. Smile? Really? That That's the, the key epiphany? Yes. Because as I said it just now, you're sitting here listening and you're thinking, huh, okay, so if I smile, it's forced because he told me to. If I don't smile, well... Hmm, I guess there's no reason not to smile. So you smile and all of a sudden you have a, a burst of, of chemicals in the brain that create greater happiness for you and the people around you. So I'd encourage people as you get in your car today, smile. As you interact with people today, smile. As you get to work today, smile. As you get home to make dinner today, smile. It's so easy. Another tool under little things make a big difference. Celebrate. We don't celebrate small wins enough. Every day is an opportunity to celebrate, find something to celebrate, and make a big deal about it. Make a big deal about the small wins in life. Another principle that I talk about is is minutes matter. Minutes matter. And I don't, Kate, tell people how to use their minutes. I, I don't have the roadmap for if you use your minutes this way, you'll have a happier life. What I tell people is that we generally aren't proactive enough in thinking about and appreciating are a finite number of minutes. And I give this math sort of problem or, or math equation in the book, and it's, it's by the way, some of the few numbers in the book, there aren't a lot of numbers. And I say, when you're born, you have about 80 years of life expectancy, plus or minus, you could draw your own sort of conclusions and assumptions, but 80 years translates into 42 million minutes of life. Now, I'm guessing none of your listeners are newborns right now, and I'm going to also <laughs> guess that Most of your listeners are plus or minus halfway through life, just to make my math problem pretty easy. So at 40 years old, and you could adjust based on where you are, you got 21 million minutes left. You're going to sleep a third of those. Now you're down to 14 million minutes left. What are you doing with those 14 million minutes? Do you know where they're going? I tell people, picture a barrel. For me, it's a wine barrel. And in that wine barrel, I have little gold coins. And each time I do things, I take out a sample of minutes and I use them. And what I think too many people go through life not realizing how they're using their minutes or they're using their minutes to do things that aren't making them happy. Today's the day to stop. Today's the day to say, you know what? I have a finite number of minutes left. How am I using them? I don't want to get to the end of the day, the week, the month, the year and be like, I don't know what I did with my time or oh my God, I got so many things going on. I'm going, I'm running in a thousand directions. I'm not happy about it. All right, we'll stop. 
You have the ability to choose how to use your minutes. Today is the day to take control of it. There are a couple of the principles in the book. There are, there are five or six more that, that walk you through this roadmap of a uh, Litzig philosophy. Was it fun for you to, because obviously the attitude that you've had and you've carried with you throughout life, was it fun for you to write this book, to go on this journey? Absolutely amazing. Most fun I've, fun thing I've done, at least in the last decade, probably among the most fun things I've done in my life. I've enjoyed putting pen to paper and I enjoy even more talking to you and your audience. I am truly on a mission to make the world happier one smile at a time. I, you know, I talk in the book a little bit about purpose and finding your purpose in life. And I think people's purposes change. You don't have one purpose in life. Your purpose will change at various crossroads in your career and your life. And it is clearly my purpose now to make the world happier one smile at a time. And if just one person listening to this, just one, and I know it's going to be more than one given your audience, but if one person smiles, if one person goes out, buys the book, reads it and passes it on to someone else, I'm accomplishing my mission. I want to see a happier world. I want to stop dwelling on the negativity, focus on the positive, focus on the happiness, focus on the gratefulness and make the world happier, make the world a better place. Yeah. And for people who, who, as you said, I love when you, you asked me what was my first thought of the day. So for people who get up and they're complaining that they have to run errands or they have to walk the dog or they have all this work to do or whatever it is, if all the things that you just said to me, if they can just start with little tweaks, do you think they can get there? No doubt. That's the beauty of this book. The book is laid out. One, it's very practical. It's very, it's not academic. It's not theoretical. Two, it's a storytelling sort of philosophy in terms of how you read it. Three, there are actual tools. And four, most importantly, Kate, small things. Okay. So maybe every day you can't wake up as the happiest person in the world. I got it. I have to be realistic and not everyone has that perspective. But what if you just do it tomorrow? Just tomorrow, I challenge each listener, as you open your eyes, you're like, whoa, wait a sec. I heard that guy, life is too short guy. What's his name? Life is too short guy, whatever, on the radio saying, all right, so I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm next to someone I love. I have a job to go to. I have breakfast to go down and get. There's heat on in my house in the middle of the winter. I have the ability to get in my car. Wow, look at that. 15 seconds into the day, I've just named seven things that make me happy. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. And I love your energy and I love your mission, Scott White. Where can people go for more information? So the book is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com, as well as wherever books are sold. You can get it in your local bookstore. And if they don't have it, ask them to order it. Again, the name of the book is The Life is Too Short Guy. Or you could find out more about the book, about speaking. I do speaking engagements, about my philosophy at my website, lifeistooshortguy.com. I love it. Thanks, Scott. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Me too. Got dreams. You'll do anything to make it happen. I believe it's a ship. And you're the captain There's a world out there Trying to bring you down Stay the course You're victory bound When things get tough Keep those smiles round All you need is Positivity Positivity 
Ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea naturally builds good cells and kills bad cells. So it's great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting an infection, diabetes, or cancer. To order, visit drinksupertea.com or call 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com, 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. John Gibson onto the show. You know him. For decades, he was a television news reporter, a network news correspondent, a cable news anchor. I could go on and on and on, and a radio talk show host, too, as well. And we had him on before the book that he wrote, OJ's Knife. We talked about that. Now he's got a new one out, Death in the Reeds, a Mickey Judge mystery. And I just said to him before he's in our virtual agreement, before we pull him on, that, darn it, he pulled me in. I was on a flight from Florida to Texas and then had a a little puddle jumper thing. 
And um, I read the whole thing. I read the whole thing. It pulled me in. Uh, something about the way that John writes, and especially this story, where you're connecting the dots in a couple of really interesting areas. So, John, thanks for coming on. Okay, thanks for reading it. So I like that. Thanks for reading it. So we're, you know, we're talking about some really cool things, intriguing things in this one. You know, the Iraq war, uh, of incredibly priceless antiquity that is ultimately stolen from the Iraq museum. And, you know, we heard stories about things like this. So it's interesting. I like the way you, in a way, pull from things that we know, especially in this book. So how'd you set out to pick this one, write this one, this theme? Well, you know, when I was working for Fox, there's a, a guy named Bogdanos who um, is a U.S. attorney and a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Reserves, and he wrote a book called The Thieves of Baghdad about the looting of the Iraq Museum. And it was a fascinating book, and I interviewed him and talked to him at some length. And this one piece always fascinated me because there's one at the British Museum, and then there was one at the Iraq Museum, and that was it. There's two of them in the world. And one of them went missing, being looted, and as far as I know, still missing. And I, I just thought that this was a <clears throat> a good premise to, you know, for uh, fiction, for what happened. You know, just uh, let's let's imagine what might have happened. And I plugged my character into it. Mickey Judge, the ne'er-do-well TV reporter, and some other characters. You know, after 50 years of interviewing people and running around being a reporter, you meet a lot of people, as you know, from what you're doing right now. And I didn't want any of them to go to waste, so I I used a lot of the people that I knew or ran into uh, to base characters on in this story. And, you know, it's just... uh, in in my little story, there is a chase for this object, and the TV reporter guy gets involved, and uh, he's trying to help a friend of his who is making the mistake of of trying to deal in this antiquity. Which, by the way, you know, if anybody actually did do this, you know, steal it and then try to sell it, it is hugely illegal, hugely illegal. <laughs> And so my character, Mickey, is telling his friend, this uh, beautiful TV anchor, uh, you know, don't get involved in this. You can go to prison or worse. Uh, And, of course, she gets into worse uh, in the story. Yeah, and she, um, you know, as you say, Cass is her name, and uh, she really does take it all the way um, to the limit, so to speak, <laughs> to yes. steal to steal a line from a famous song. So give us a little meat of the story, and you have set it up, but give us a little more on Cass and, and how this whole thing happens. Okay, so what happens is Mickey Judge works for a cable news network, which I have named the Empire News Network, <laughs> and you can kind of guess who that might be. And he gets fired because he picks a fight with a vice president and they blow him up and he's now, you know, he's got to do something. And his uh, agent sets him up with a job in his hometown, which is San Francisco. So he returns to San Francisco and there, uh, who, you know, been there all along is his uh, former almost girlfriend. I call him an almost girlfriend. 
uh, who's now become a big TV star. And uh, she is married to uh, the um, black female district attorney in a fake lesbian marriage. Uh, they, the black female uh, attor- district attorney is a, a gay woman. Uh, Cass is not, but they're, you know, uh, the stars of the city, this, this couple, they go to all the opening nights and she's, she's, she's trying to find a way into the many millions of dollars that are being made in the Bay Area. Uh, and she just figures, well, now that she's going to all the best parties, she's going to she's going to meet somebody who's going to get her involved in something, you know, like a startup or a ground floor position and something like Apple or something to make a lot of money. Well, what actually happens is the brother of the guy who steals the thing in Iraq contacts her and says, uh, you have billionaire friends i have something they would want so let's make a deal and there's some twists and turns that go on in trying to get the object to san francisco uh, because it's in beirut and then it's it's in iraq and then it crosses syria and then it's in beirut and then it's in paris and somebody's got to go get it and the brother of the guy who stole it is the one who is sent off to get it. Now, um, then when it arrives in San Francisco, in hot pursuit is a, uh, a sort of a, I guess I would call him a hitman or a killer who is working for uh, some Russians. And you have to imagine who they ultimately are working for in order to obtain this antiquity for his collection. You know, I mean, in my little story, all the missing art in the world ends up in Vladimir Putin's uh, private collection. <laughs> and, and so there's somebody chasing it who's a very dangerous fellow. And his his the, the principal way that he uh, dispatches people is to pick them up and throw them off of high buildings. Uh, he doesn't like knives. He doesn't like guns. He doesn't like strangling he likes just pitching somebody out of a window uh, mainly because unless somebody actually sees him there's no way to trace him to this killing so he's busy killing people and he's in hot pursuit of this and and he arrives in san francisco as well and now she's in big trouble because she's got it and there is a killer who is um, after it uh, how how much farther you want me yeah. to go? You so we don't want to give we don't give all the details, but you really set this up nicely. I think you know how to tell a story. Um, like you said, you did it for many many years, and you're doing it on the page now. Ultimately, and I guess this is probably a layup question, but for any writer, what do you hope people take away from hearing our conversation? Getting your book, Death in the Reeds, a Mickey Judge mystery. Well, I hope they I hope they say, yeah, I got a plane flight coming up. And I, I could kill two or three hours or four, uh, or I'm going, I'm going someplace warm and sunny, and I'm going to sit on the beach. I could, I could use an interesting read. It's not like War and Peace. It's not going to take you five days of reading. You know, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. What did you do? Maybe four or five hours, and you yeah. had it done. Yeah, it was before, so, like less you know, than four. It's a, it's a, it's a, 
it's a good read. It's it's not terribly long. It's like mid two hundred pages, uh, and and it moves quick. Uh, I don't belabor uh, the reader with a lot of uh, poetic descriptions of the fog pouring in over the top of the Golden Gate Bridge or any of that kind of thing. But uh, I think I do. You know, I think that a good novel has a strong sense of place. Um, I've always enjoyed Michael Connolly's books because mm. he just makes L.A. come alive. Yeah, and uh, and what I was trying to do here is 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 really make San Francisco uh, visual. As you're reading this, you see San Francisco. Yeah, and I think you absolutely accomplished that. Hey, we have like a minute and change left. What's next? I mean, you you're going to do another Mickey Judge mystery, right? Oh yeah, there's uh, number three is almost done, and I'm trying to figure out what number four will be. I only have so much time left on the planet, and what I'm trying to do is churn out one a year. So uh, we'll see how many I get before, uh, as King Charles said, before my time is up. But you can get this one. I just remind people it's probably hard to find in a bookstore, so go to Amazon.com, Death in the Reeds, and they'll have it to you in a day or so. Excellent. John Gibson, always fun to talk to you. Thank you so much. Kate, good to talk to you. Thank you. Hi, this is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook. Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. At Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com.